Today's guest, we have Gabrielle Chapur. She's a creative professional who spent the last 16 years at the crossroads of design, technology, and online education. She's worked with Fortune 50 companies, international best-selling authors, and world-renowned motivational speakers. And she started her freelance business in 2010 after deciding to stay at home with her children and struggled in her business for six years before she was focusing on all the wrong things, which led her to then transforming her business and documenting all the lessons in her book, Secret Weapon. She's on a mission to stamp out the starving artist stereotype and on her podcast, The Well-Paid Creative, which I was a guest on her show, she talks about designing a business that supports creativity while being profitable. She lives just outside of Edmonton, Canada with a young family and a small mirage of animals. <laughs> and when she's not up to her elbows in tech, she's usually covered in paint or whipping up her latest embroidery or crochet project. But before we get to her interview, a couple things. First, I want to share with you my marketing essentials moment. So what we're talking about today is how to increase your organic Facebook reach and engagement. And on our blog, on the Peppershock website, and on the Marketing Expedition site, you can listen and read more about this. But just a couple tips, what you should do to improve your organic reach on Facebook. Drew Allen, my business partner and husband, has a video for you to learn the six different ways to increase your reach and frequency there. Uh, but I'll just give you a little taste of what he had to say. Since the Facebook algorithm is constantly changing, and we know that organic reach is just not what it used to be on our business pages. In case you haven't noticed, we're just not getting as much traction on those any longer. So there's some things that you can do to help increase your organic reach. Of course, you know, we all know we have to pay to play. And yes, paid advertising does help get us more eyeballs on our ads and to the right people. But there are a couple things that you can do. And we have learned over the years of what does help promote engagement on our Facebook pages. So all I have to say is people, pictures of people, puppies, <laughs> um, you know, those types of things are always helpful to get engagement. Your employees, are, they are your new shareholders now. If they can help share the photos that, they're, that you're putting out there uh, in getting the shares, the comments, the likes, all of those things that you're doing that will help with engagement. People love to see people and they relate with people. So every time we put some sort of employee spotlight or something that our staff is doing, we get way more engagement uh, than, than others, especially using video. Video is especially posted natively to Facebook, meaning posting it right directly on Facebook, not linking out to YouTube because, you know, YouTube and Facebook are competitors, right? Posting that video directly into Facebook or any of those social platforms, if you do it directly, you're going to get 70% more videos watched and 20% more photos watched than if you do with the links. Facebook doesn't like to link out to other things. They wanna keep you in Facebook. So put all of your information within Facebook. You can link to a Facebook event, that then can link out to wherever it is that you're going to send people to that event, right? So think of those things that you can do. People, human photos, right? Human faces, people relate to people. So continue to use that and utilizing videos, those types of things. There's six other tips out there on our website. You can go to our blog at peppershock.com or visit the marketing 
www.marketingessentialmarketingessentialmarketingessentialmarketingessentialmarketingessentialmarketingessentialmarketingessentialmarketingessentialmarketingessentialmarketingessentialmarketingessentialmarketingessentialmarketingessentialmarketingessentialm
I realized that I was kind of hooped. So I could either have my child and go back to work at corporate at Shell at another company, basically immediately afterwards, or I could run with this company that I had. So I decided to do the latter, stayed home with my kid and started beating the pavement, trying to find clients. So I started growing this graphic design and web design agency, or not agency, but just me as a solopreneur and started really getting some traction, getting some good clients. I was able to, you know, pay the bills and, and make it work. But for the first six years, I really, really struggled. You know, I was constantly caught in this feast and famine cycle. One month would be great. The next month would be awful. I was working so much and there just came a point where I realized that I had to do something different. Like what I was doing was not working. At one point I was $60,000 in debt. I was overworked so hard and I just knew I had to do it differently. So I started being serious about being a business owner rather than just a creative, because up until then I had been like, Oh, I just want to make pretty things and I want to work with cool clients and have fun in these projects. So I decided that I had to shift my mindset into being an actual business owner and that that was what I needed to do. Congratulations. Some... That, that, doesn't always, that doesn't always happen. So that's, that's a, yeah, I, I completely can relate to that. And I understand. <laughs> And so, yeah, so I started making big changes in my business, started approaching it as a business and such. And I started seeing almost immediate growth. It was scary how fast I grew after that from tripling my revenue, tripling my profit margins. It was intense. And about two years ago, I realized that there were some key things that I had done over the years in order to do that. And so I wrote them all into a book called Secret Weapon and have now been kind of doing that and trying to mentor other creative professionals into doing the same thing, having a successful business and being able to kind of break free of that overworking and underpaid cycle that we kind of find ourselves caught in. Right. So that way you can spend some time with your kid and do some embroidery and crocheting and fun yeah. things that you would otherwise be able to have time to do because you've got it dialed in and figured out. That's awesome. Absolutely. So what would you say to somebody who is maybe looking at this career and this career path that you've done? What would you tell that person before they jump in that you wish you would have known before you did what you did? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of us, um, especially creatives, we tend to kind of break it down into two parts. We think of our work, what we do, our skill set, the projects that we work on, and then we think about our clients, the people we work with. But there's actually a third element in there, and that's your business. And your business needs to be an element in and of itself. And there are overlaps. I mean, I have a really fancy Venn diagram that I like to, to show off for this. But your business needs to be uh, a part of that equation right from the beginning. And you need to really focus on being not only a creative, but a business owner as well. And I know a lot of us, you know, we think, oh, I don't, I'm not good at marketing. I don't like sales. I don't know numbers. You know, that's not what I want to do, but you have to really be serious about that part. Otherwise it's either going to bite you in the butt in the end, or you're just going to keep struggling and spinning your wheels, not making any forward momentum. And so if you were to talk a little bit more about your book and some of the things, don't give away everything, but what are some things that people can expect if they were to read your book? Absolutely. So it kind of came from the idea of uh, one of my clients kind of, she kicked it off and she used to always call me her secret weapon. 
she would refer me to everybody she who would listen to her. She was an amazing client. She loved me. She came back again and again and again. And she would always call me her secret weapon. I would laugh it off. I was like, oh, haha. And then I started, as I started growing my business, I started outsourcing and I started working with other creatives. And I started realizing that my level of of quality and work and ethics in my business were not really shared by a lot of people out there. And it wasn't that they didn't want to, or, you know, didn't care or anything. It was just because they didn't know better. So the book actually breaks down what I did differently in my business to become my client's secret weapon, to have them call me up again and again and again, and to really grow my business. So it covers business lessons, it covers mindset lessons, dealing with your finances, and then growing and learning as a creative so that we can expand our skills and expand our our growth. Because if we're not growing, we're dying, right? And so it kind of runs the gamut. And I had an absolute blast writing it. I wrote it in 100 days in 2019 and quickly self-published it, got it out. I was like, I don't even care if I make money from this. People just need to know this. That's awesome. Do you have plans to write another book? I think down the road, yes. I don't think it'll be as broad as Secret Weapon was because Secret Weapon kind of covered quite a gamut. I think my next book will be very focused on one aspect of creative business as opposed to a general book. So do you feel like uh, that once you've given this to somebody to read that they have come back to you and shared any of their kind of aha moments or things that have uh, transpired for them? Yeah, I think one of the biggest comments I get is around systems and processes, because I feel like a lot of creatives tend to bristle at the idea of systems and processes. They're like, I just want to create. I don't want to be constrained. I don't want to feel like I have to, you know, check things off a list. But The one thing that actually saved my business in a very, very hard time in my life um, in 2020, not only was it the pandemic, but uh, both my parents passed away within four months of each other. And the one thing that actually saved my business, I actually had a business to come back to, was my systems and processes because they were just running nicely in the background doing my client management. Uh, I was able to easily pass off my work to other people and I had a SOP to give them. And they really just are a lifesaver in your business in way more ways than I can even explain. Well, I'm sorry to hear that about your parents. That's, that's brutal. That's just, wow. <laughs> but I am glad was, that you had was, that. Yeah. Yeah. It was right out of left field. And you know, what's funny is that I actually created these SOPs and processes to be better, right? Cause I was focused on productivity and time management. You know, I wanted to get my work done as fast as possible and as thoroughly as possible so that I didn't miss steps. So that was the kind of initial aim at them, but they ended up saving me in, you know, an unspeakable time in my life. Right. Right. I can only imagine. So if you were to suggest ways that companies or, or creatives could use some of these systems and processes that you have built up over time, what would you suggest, uh, you know, maybe just like, give me a top, top suggestion that you would think of that people could implement that you've done or that you figured out along the way as we go through this marketing journey, right? We're, we're all on this journey together. What are, what is something that you've discovered that could be really super helpful for somebody that's in this position that really could use a system or a process? So really you want to sit down and you want to figure out the major 
touch points in working with you. So for me, one of the things that I first started off setting up systems around was just my client onboarding. So I wanted to know, what do I need to do in order to, like if someone told me yes tomorrow, yes, let's get started, let's work together, let's do it, right? You do a little happy dance and then what? So by identifying those like key points in your business and in your process and in your projects that you work on, um, you can kind of set up those systems around those touch points and it makes it a little bit easier rather than being like, oh my gosh, where do I even start, right? So for me, it was client onboarding and then client offboarding as well. And then for setting up a lot of the projects, because a lot of the times creatives tend to think that, uh, oh, everything I do is custom, you know, bespoke. It's, I can't replicate it. But that's probably not really true when you get down to the, the nugget of it. So just identifying what you can set up to make it easier for you to get started on things. Okay, so now I want to switch it to you a little bit. What kind of marketing tactics and things do you do to help promote your business? Mm. Well, the biggest one that I have is my podcast. So I do a weekly episode interviewing wonderful people in the creative space. Um, that's kind of like my main content vehicle. So I take that podcast and we do videos of it. We spin those out across social media. Uh, we do lives. I have a Facebook group kind of building a community. And a lot of it's kind of centered around a community. So the podcast is a community. The Facebook group is a community. Um, it's not just me on my soapbox because I realized when I first started out that I didn't want to be that expert at the head of the class teaching. So I wanted to make it more of a group experience. Everybody sit in a circle and let's talk about what, what, what your experiences are and what your experiences are, right? So that's kind of the, my main vehicle is the podcast. Um, I also do a little bit of Facebook advertising. Um, I have some lead magnets and quizzes trying to, again, just bring people into the community. And you mentioned you have a new quiz. Tell us about that. Oh, I do. This one I'm excited about. So as I mentioned, when I was kind of struggling there in my business, um, someone handed me a set of three questions that were really, really helpful just to help me focus on what I needed to do next. Because I mean, everybody knows there's a million things you could possibly do at any given time. And we're getting all of this advice from so many different places. Um, so I expanded on those questions and I came up with about 12 or 13 different ones. And every single time I feel stuck in my own business, I don't know what I'm doing, or I'm at that time where I'm spinning kind of out of control and not seeing any progress, I'll sit down and I'll answer those questions. And it always, always tells me what I need to be focusing on. And it works every single time. It's like gangbusters. So I put all of those questions into a quiz and then because I wouldn't stop there, I then <laughs> took the results and created these huge resources with in-depth strategies on all of these things that you can do in your business to see growth and momentum. That's awesome. And that's a great way too. It's a, it's a nice way to subtly be able to help have people answer the questions, but then it could be a potential new client for you, right? So I call it the the focus finder quiz and it's just really helped so many people. Like I had one lady take it the other day and she emailed me and she said, I had no idea that's what I should have been focusing on. She's like, I was doing all of this activity for marketing and sales, but I had no system set up in my business. And I was like, yeah, so what are you going to do when four new people come from your social media marketing and you are scrambling? You need those systems, right? Mm -hmm, absolutely. And so how do people take the quiz? So they can go to wellpaidcreative.com forward slash focus, and it'll pop right up and you can start answering the questions. 
I love it. I'm going to have to go take that quiz. (laughs) (laughs) It's really fun. (laughs) So what are some things that have inspired you along the way? Maybe some resources, uh, other podcasts that you listen to, other things that you get your information from? What are they? Well, I would say one of the one of the first mentors I had was Todd Herman and he does high performance leadership. And that was kind of really at the point when I realized that I needed to focus on my business and be a business owner. So he's a very like tough love. He works with like sports people and high performance. And it was kind of the exact opposite of what I had been exposed to up until that point. So Todd Herman is a great resource. He's very no nonsense, very no fluff at all. Other resources in terms of podcasts, one of my favorite podcasts is an oldie but a goodie, the Online Marketing Made Easy by Amy Porterfield. I mean, every single episode she brings is, it's almost goals. You know, I want my podcast to be as good as hers, being able to offer help and resources for people. Yeah, no, she's great. I've listened to her for a while too. Uh, good, good stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's on Clubhouse now too. So I had to listen to her on Clubhouse as well which is not recorded. So it's a, you know, if you're there, you get it. If not, then you don't, you miss out. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay. So oftentimes we look at when we want to work with a client, you either have fun, fame, or fortune. Sometimes you get two, not necessarily all three, but what do you think is the most important fun, fame, or fortune? If you can't pay your rent, then, you know, what good is that project for you? Right. But you need to be able to get to a certain point where you're stable financially in your business. And then you can focus on fun because fun is going to keep you going. It's going to keep you waking up in the morning, jumping out of bed, ready to tackle your to-do list that everybody has a huge long to-do list, right? (laughs) (laughs) Whereas fortune and fame might not really get you jumping out of bed so fast. What do you think one of the biggest challenges has been over the last, you know, well, we went through this pandemic. I mean, everything that's been going on, what's, what's a big challenge that you had to overcome? So the biggest challenge with me was time. I mean, with the pandemic, all the schools closed and I have two young boys. So I had to juggle both. And, and it was funny because, you know, however many months before the pandemic started that September, I was like, yes, both my children are both finally in all day school. I've got like a block of time each day. I can work without interruptions. Oh my gosh, I'm so loving it. And then the schools closed down. I was just like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So having to juggle, it was like having toddlers again, you know, juggling work with kids and being able to be productive at both and being able to bring that work-life balance. I didn't want to constantly be working and ignoring my kids. And I didn't want to be neglecting my business and not having an income while being a good mother. So really just that balance was super hard for me. Read something the other day, and I don't know, I can't remember this, the actual numbers, but more businesses started during the pandemic than ever before. And, and I think it has a lot to do with that. Yeah. I'm not surprised because we, you know, have to juggle a lot of things. And so if you could work for yourself, then you could ideally, you know, live that dream of being able to manage your own schedule and do those things. And I think that as an entrepreneur, that is the, the highlight or the, you know, the ability to be able to, to make your own schedule when you need to, not that you don't allow our employees to be flexible and, you know, make schedules, but it's true. I think, you know, and a lot of people either got laid off or whatever the case might be. Mm -hmm. Right. So to be in that situation, I think, um, is fortunate for those who could, 
but I understand I have two boys too. And, and, you know, some of my staff have kids as well. And it's kind of like we added them to our meetings, you know, we get to hear about their day just <laughs> as much as, as we heard about our staff's day. Cause you know, they were home and they were with them and, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I can definitely see um, juggling the, all of those things was, was a major challenge, but we overca- overcame it and uh, it kind of turned into some opportunities too for a lot of people, which is for you, I think awesome because it gives you a whole no- new market to work with, especially if they're a bunch of creatives, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And the numbers in our group just really exploded after the pandemic. Well, it was about six months into the pandemic. People just started really trying to figure out, well, what's next, you know? And so the group just grew like I think we had a hundred new members in a month and it was just fantastic. All of these people just looking for ways to both monetize their skill set and have more flexibility and freedom in their business. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that's a definite ongoing trend too, that people, you know, will, will have a different work, 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 life balance. I don't even know work life integration, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think that word balance is a little bit of a misnomer because I don't think anybody has a balance. And if anybody tells you they have figured it out, like run, cause they, <laughs> they, they <laughs> and I think it's just constantly working at it. you got to constantly figure out what works and what doesn't and just be willing to scrap it all and start again. Yeah. And be flexible because you never know when something might come up that you have to pivot, right? The, the word of the century, mm-hmm. pivot <laughs> <laughs> or unprecedented times, I swear. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Um, okay. So what are some successful stories that you can share with us that you've helped other people um, you know, really, we kind of talked a little bit about this, but if there's something that like comes to mind where you were able to help somebody because of your tactics and tools and, and book and things that you've been doing and helping them, you know, be a high paid creative, tell me about maybe a, a short story that you could share with us. Mm-hmm. So it's funny, the very first person I helped with my book was actually my book editor. <laughs> so as she was going through and editing the book, And she would send me all these messages. Oh my gosh, this page, this passage was just fantastic. I'm totally doing this in my business. And she kind of kept me going. I was like, okay, well, if I can help you, the very first person who's read it, then obviously there's something here. And she's gone on to have a very successful editing business. She's grown it to, now she has three people working for her. She's, I think, quadrupled her revenue, her yearly revenue. And she has, and literally every week I get a little notice like, oh, I did this today. And I, I went back and referenced your chapter about, you know, creating referral engine and I got all of my clients to give me referrals and now I'm even growing more. (laughs) I just love getting the updates from her. That's fabulous. But who are your helpers along the way? I mean, obviously your editor is a good helper, but who have got, who's helped you get to where you are now? So a lot of the people that I have in my back pocket, so my own mentors and my own coaches, um, I realized a couple of years ago that I can't just do it all myself. Being all in my head was really affecting me for a while. So I actually hired a coach and she was the first one to really help me unpack how my personal background, my habits, my behaviors had been really affecting my business in ways that I wasn't able to see because I was just so close to it. So she really, really helped me. Lisa Carpenter, I can't recommend to her enough. She's fantastic. And then along the way, I've just worked with so many different mentors and coaches. I've always been kind of a collector of expertise and guides. 
So reading, watching, getting into the same room as people like that has just been a really big factor in my growth. So what are your goals or your dreams or your aspirations for the future? What, what's, what's one thing that you wish that you could do that you haven't yet done? So, I mean, on the goal list is uh, doing some public speaking. So I want to get to the point where I'm in a room with lots of people all at once and being able to share my message of, you know, creative stability and profitability and success and being able to do it in a way that makes sense to you, not someone else's version of it. So I definitely want to start speaking. I would love to write more books. Eventually, I want to be at the point where my entire day is just filled up with helping people in the community, whether that's through direct interaction, one-on-one coaching, group mentoring, however that looks, just being able to focus 100% on helping other people. That's kind of my end goal here. Fabulous. I love it. Um, okay. One more question. You ready? Mm-hmm. How do people reach out to you, get a hold of you, be a part of your community, all of those good things? Absolutely. So if you're on Instagram or Facebook, just it's wellpaid creative at wellpaid creative. Um, you can also check out gabriellechipier.com and that has the podcast, my blog, the Focus Finder quiz is on there, and you can get your actually a audiobook version of the Secret Weapon book if you'd like. And that's kind of where I live online. So you can come and join us there. Absolutely. I love that you have an audiobook too. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. Piper, Piper wants to pipe in too. She's our puppy, our, our pepper shock puppy. <laughs> but uh, excellent. Well, thank you so much, Gabrielle. And this has been wonderful. And, um, you know, I, I got a, I got to know you through your podcast. So this is kind of fun to do a swap cast or a pod swap, whatever you decide to call it. Everyone calls it something different. But uh, really appreciate you going on this journey with us and sharing your, your knowledge and your wisdoms. And uh, I don't know about you, but I took a bunch notes and so we'll have a link to your quiz too i think that'll be super helpful for people to get focused with what they need to do and especially now because there's just so many things like you said to to get out there and do right (laughs) yeah absolutely all right well uh thank you and then uh for our listeners of course the best thing that you could always do for us is to give us a review and of course go listen to gabrielle's show as well the well-paid creative the podcast and uh also until next time enjoy the journey Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Find more online at Peppershock.com. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.